0: Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, Boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scoot. Maybe you got a little Texas two step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing the versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to the NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Maybe today is payday for you. Maybe it is. And if it is, congratulations to you. I hope you're able to get out and go do some things and spend your money. Have a good time with your friends and family. Uh, Thursday was not a great day for me, for your good friend and host. I have pretty much been in the bed all day. Matter of fact, I'm recording this show late, late, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Got a busy day ahead of us today. Got a school function, got to go to and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just trying to get all this together. Didn't want you guys to have to wait for a late afternoon Friday uh, boneyard. It is Maroon Friday after all. So here we are, feeling better now, Late in later hours, slept most of the day. You know how it is. I mean, there's nothing worse than that. I mean, I, 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 let me take that back. When your kids are sick, that is the worst. That is the absolute worst. When your kids are sick, because you can't really do much to help them. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can make them comfortable and you can kind of be there. You know, I would much rather be sick than my children. But I'll tell you, what, when when you're sick, even if it's a 24-hour bug or whatever, it's just awful. It's it's just awful. Everything you had planned, it's kind of pushed back. And I've got the, I've got the final read of Stark Villains to finish up, and I'm almost done with that. And then here, when, when we finish that up, you know, the people are going to lay the book out, and there's there's all kind of things that go on that I don't really have, um, you know, a say in. And uh, and then the thing pushes off the print, and then we're going to make that book available as a pre sale item for you guys, just like we did with Flam Flam, and and I, the the pre <laughs> The pre-sales on Flim Flam were incredible, absolutely incredible, and and, uh, and even with all those pre-sales, the book still debuted at number one. I don't know if we debuted at number one with Star Villains, but uh, I certainly hope we have another number one. I, I'm really, really hoping that happens, but uh, all that being said, we're going to have the book finished, we're going to have that book uh, available for pre-sale, and then we're going to have it in uh, fine bookstores all over, and... Uh, Ready for you guys to read it, as I've shared before. I know some folks that are going to carry that book locally, and that's going to be campus bookmark. They'll be one of many bookstores around the city of Mississippi to carry that. And uh, campus bookmark, even before you uh, order your Star Villains book, or if you come by and you, we're going to do some book signings there, all that kind of stuff, we're going to do what we can to take care of the people take care of us, right? We'll do several book signings around town during football season. We'll do some things on the road like we do with Flim Flam, but all that being said, Campus Bookmart has been a longtime sponsor of this show. They have been wonderful to me, not just from an advertiser relationship, but as a customer and a service provider relationship. Every time I go in there, even before they were my advertiser, they were great to me. And it's even better now. And the longer that I spend around them, and the better I get to know Stan Ray and Kathy Brown and the lovely, talented Susie the better I feel about my working relationship with them. You're going to have a great relationship with them, too. They're going to be happy to serve you. Go in there, go by, say hello. Let them know that you heard about the Campus Bookmart experience on the Boneyard. And if you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That code is always BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll save you shipping on all orders over $50. So free shipping on all orders over $50, campusbookmark.net, promo code BSR. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I guess the biggest story of the day on Thursday, one of the things that I missed was the the press conference announcing Samantha Ricketts as the new softball coach at Mississippi State. A couple things I wanted to get into about this. Within days of, I would say within hours, of the news getting out about Van Studeman, being relieved of her duties at Mississippi State, I began to hear privately from people that I know and trust that Samantha Ricketts was very much a candidate for the job. In fact, she might have been the lead candidate. However, John Cohen was going to do his due diligence and was not going to be on a tunnel visioned approach to things because of the fact you never know who's out there. Maybe there is a proven coach that's ready to make a change. You never know. So John, I'm, I'm told John put some feelers out. He talked to a few people, but he kept coming back to Samantha Ricketts, kept coming back. People kept saying, hey, you know, John, you you got a great coach right there. You've got a rising star in Samantha Ricketts. And one of the things that I was also told privately that one of the, one of the important aspects of this thing moving forward was Tyler Bratton, is that we wanted to find a way to keep Tyler Bratton on staff. He has become a prolific recruiter in softball circles uh, he has become you know a, a guy that has been a very dependable part of our program there were times you, you, you may recall that you know he was very 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 active on social media kind of pushing the softball uh, story out there and so ultimately it boiled down to uh, John Cohen making the decision to, to promote from within and to give the job to a name In our sport, it's a softball that is considered to be a rising name in the industry, and you're able to kind of keep her and Tyler Bratton together as a tandem because they are the tandem that kind of put this recruiting class together. So a big part of things, you know, you're you're not having to worry about all these signees. You're not having to worry about keeping your team together. You're not having to worry about bringing new names in and everybody having to get to know each other. Just not the case at all. So we can kind of build on last year without having to rebuild. We don't have to start from scratch. And I thought something that she said I thought was outstanding. Uh, Robbie Falk went and covered for us. You can read Robbie's article on the uh, frontofjeanspage.com. But uh, here is what Coach Rickett said about the incoming signing class. Our incoming class is kind of my vision for this program. They're athletes. They can pitch and the pitchers can hit. They can run, they're strong, they're fast, Rookett said. That's the type of player that we want to bring to Mississippi State. The more athletic that we can be in our recruiting classes, the better our program is going to be. Uh, And that's true. That is absolutely true. And then she goes on to kind of talk about the fact that, uh, you know, having some continuity with the players, the families, you know, everything, the fact that she's not starting fresh, she's not having to walk in there and introduce herself. She already has some currency built up with this team. And she says, you know, this is a unique opportunity. I don't have to get to know this team or go out and find my own recruits because I recruited these girls. It is a chance for us to use that bond and trust and move forward with everything that we've done. All that's true. And uh, I think, and again, I, I am not a softball guru by any stretch of the imagination. But I can tell you the people that I have spoken to within the administration, people within on campus at Mississippi State, people that are involved with other sports, very, very happy to see Coach Ricketts get this opportunity. Very happy to see Tyler Bratton remain on staff. That's big. And so, and there's a lot of people out there, I know. There are a lot of people that, that are not, let's just say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I haven't felt well today, so if I step on a few toes, I kind of hope it hurts. And I and when I get a little deeper into the show, there's a topic that I'm saving for last that I am confident that I'm going to make some people angry about. The softball's not it. But there are a lot of people that have some very uh, some hot takes about Mississippi State softball that never been to a softball game, never watched a softball game, not invested at all in softball, but yet yeah, they've got a lot to say, and so they say, well, you know, why are we promoting from within? You know, if if Van was doing such a bad job, why did we pr- promote from within? Why do not we just blow the whole thing up? And, I, and and I will tell you, it was simply time for change, and uh, I believe, you know. I think Van had probably taken us as far as she could go. Uh, The best year we had under Van Suderman was her first year, it's the closest we ever got to 500 in the SEC during her eight-year tenure, and listen, I think Van is a tremendous person. Uh, Seen her several times out in the community, Not, not just on campus, but out in the community, out at Walmart or whatever, out at Bulldog Burger Company. She's always the first to speak, always. Saw her sometimes out at Bulldog Bear Company sitting outside, had a dog with her. Great person. But it was simply just time to move on. It's not a personal matter. And I know there's always there's always, you know if these things don't end poorly, they generally don't end. And so I, I'm sure she's unhappy. I'm sure there are people on the our side that are unhappy, but but that, that part of it's over now. Now we're moving forward. When we've promoted from within. And, and here's the thing, too, because many of these same people that are, that are critical of these type of decisions, had we not promoted Coach Ricketts, had we not retained Tyler Bratton, and they ended up going somewhere else, let's say Coach Ricketts, you know, had taken a job in the Big 12, and then all of a sudden turns them into a power, and then they go to the Women's College World Series, and then we kind of continue to be a sub-500 SEC team. Then the criticism would be, well, we had her in our fold. Why didn't we give her the opportunity? And so again, it's best that those people that are not invested—you know—everybody's entitled to an opinion. Never going to to, to suggest otherwise, but I just don't think it's important to to invest, you know, a lot of interest in that sort of thing. John Cohen knows his coaches. John Cohen knows the program. And here's the thing, too, and this is one of the things when we look at it—if we're being fair. You know, we're pretty much winning across the board. But softball is the one thing that has kind of lagged behind just a little bit, and that kind of predates Van Studeman. We brought Van in thinking she was the next, you know, she was going to be the coach to kind of take Mississippi State to the next level. And then we go out we invest and build this big stadium, and we go out and all of a sudden we, you Tyler Bratton and Coach Ricketts come in, we begin to start signing some bigger-time recruits. And then we're still not able to, the the results don't match the commitment that we've made as an administration and we've made on the recruiting trail. Just like when you have these recruiting rankings for football and all of a sudden you've made this big commitment and you've raised ticket prices and then you, 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 you know, believe that you've recruited top ten classes, you know, three out of four years, well when you don't win, they they it's gotta be coaching, right? And so that's kind of where we are. We've made a commitment, and we we want to win on all fronts. And and one of the things that I know about John Cohen is John is a very competitive person. John does not want Mississippi State to just be an also ran in any sport. He doesn't. And, and you could, again I've, I've talked about it on the show before. You know John made as big a deal of the, about the three javelin throwers than anything. I mean that that was this big. John had those guys over at his house. They had special shirts made. John Cohen wants Mississippi State to be competitive in everything. And not just competitive where we keep it close. Competitive where we're competing for things. We are competing for championships. We are in contention to make deep runs into the postseason. And so this was a need that John felt like that he saw and saw a need to kind of make it an, an adjustment, and they've made it. And now we move forward. Speaking of moving forward, this Saturday we will have a – cookout for uh, kind of for recruits for football Joe Moorhead and his staff will uh will host um, you know a few dozen guys and they've invited a ton of guys in a lot of those guys won't make it you know because here's what they've done they've invited everybody that's kind of a priority target plus a couple others you know uh, and some of those guys are committed to other places or um, had prior commitments as far as the weekend goes and so there will be a lot of guys that um we have listed as an invitee that will not be an attendee, but it is going to be a big weekend in Starkville. Uh, a couple, of, you know, we, we talked about Rodney Gross on this show. He's a linebacker out of Pleasant Grove, Alabama. Was uh, rumored to be an Auburn lean since they offered him. They have since kind of cooled on him, and him being a, uh, you know, an Alabama State guy. You know, we kind of felt like Auburn was the team to beat. And Rodney pretty much said as much in the early going, that, that Auburn was an offer he kind of had his eye on. And once he got that, uh, I think a lot of people kind of withdrew. And then then he's kind of been turning some for Georgia Tech, and he's talking about making a preseason decision. He will be at Mississippi State this weekend. Now, there has been a shakeup of sorts on the board at linebacker, Martavius French, out of Memphis Whitehaven High School, was a guy that, you know, State has been on a bit, but he has been leaning to Arkansas for a while. He committed to Arkansas just a couple of days ago, and then his teammate Bryson Eason is another guy Mississippi State has been recruiting for some time. That looks to be a little bit of a tug of war right now, but you know, Arkansas is trying to get him in the boat, Mississippi State's trying to get him in the boat. Uh, Mississippi State has a White Haven linebacker committed to Mario McDonald. He is committed to Mississippi State, headed to Mississippi State this weekend. A lot of discussion about Easton heading up Fayetteville this weekend. And so there's a lot of ebb and flow with this linebacker board. And it, right now, I think there is just one more spot for a linebacker. Now, that could change as we kind of move forward. Tyrus Wheat, originally out of Louisiana, now at Colen, uh, expecting him this weekend Colin's going to bring a good group because you've got a handful of guys down there committed to or priority targets of Mississippi State uh, that are already making plans to be here. And so Tyrus good chance he's here this weekend. I suspect right now that he is probably the one linebacker that could commit here, Bryson Eason. I think if either of those guys committed right now you got to take them. I think everybody else, maybe, maybe you're kind of I won't say you're slow playing, but I think they would kind of put you in a decision-making process. I think if Tyrus Wheat called Jim Morehead today and said, hey, coach, I want to commit, there's not a phone call that needs to be made to Chris Marv and say, hey, Chris, what do you think? That's a guy. You take him. Same thing with Bryson and Easton. Some other guys, I think if a kid wanted to commit, we might need to discuss some things you know, as a staff before we said, okay, let's move forward with this. Uh, so, Interesting, to say the least. So linebacker is a position of need. Still got offensive line. Probably take another guy there. I don't know if we have a lot of commitments on the weekend. Might see a 2021 guy, maybe 2022. We'll see. Uh, But either way, it's good to get those guys back on campus. It's good to have an opportunity anytime that you can get kids on campus and their families and get them involved with your culture because that's one of the things – that I think separates Mississippi State from a lot, of other, a lot of other programs and not just football, but just as a university and as an athletic department is a culture. I think people show up down here and they like it more than they expect to because maybe they come in with some preconceived notions. And I, I know one of the things that we talked about a lot you know, when Dan Mullen was here is there are a lot of people that don't expect us to have good facilities and they show up and they see what we have and they're blown away. That also plants a little bit of seed of doubt in uh, you know, the people that have been misinforming them. You know, they're thinking, well, maybe this person that told me this about Mississippi State doesn't have my best interest at heart. Maybe this person doesn't know much about Mississippi State. And so that's an important part of things. And so I think we've kind of gotten over that hurdle. And we talk about branding all the time. You know, I think now that we've been able to put some guys in the NFL, not just at uh, you know, on the offensive line, not just on the defensive line, we're we're beginning to kind of put some guys in multiple positions out there. You know, Dak, of course, is a big part of that. Dak, uh, at some point soon, will sign a huge contract, and that'll be big. it will be big in the news again. But the bottom line is this: is the Mississippi State brand again continues to be one that's trending in a positive direction, and so the, you got facilities, you've got branding. You've got fans, you've got a stadium now that is the, the premier stadium in the state of Mississippi. And so when you begin to package all those things together, we have come a long way in a short time. It wasn't that long ago that we were doing a, uh, you know, adding the addition, you know, the old Sky Dogs, right? You know, for a long time, we, we were well behind the rest of the league from a stadium. That's no longer the case. And so this is not the Mississippi State of old. And so when these guys come and they spend some time with our coaches, and Joe Moorhead, if, if you have ever been around Joe for more than just a minute or two and, you, and he have him speak to you kind of, you know, privately or in a small group setting, you can see why Joe is very good at recruiting, just very, very engaging. It's easy to talk to Joe Moorhead. Joe is also a guy that does his homework. One of the things talking to recruits and their families after they visit Mississippi State, when they go in to have their meeting with Joe, Joe already knows a lot about them. And That's one of the things that I have learned about life is people love hearing about themselves. And when somebody that is in a position of power, shall we say, and has the ability to change the course of your life, He's already done their homework and they can sit down and say, hey, you know, listen, we watched film on you and we were really impressed with that game you had against Olive Branch. We, we thought you played a really good ball game against Hattiesburg High School. That catch you made across the middle against pedal was outstanding. All of a sudden, this guy doesn't just feel like it's the same old recruiting pitch. These guys really want me. And that's one of the things that Joe really excels at. He really excels at that sort of thing because he has a real attention to detail. There are some people... They're kind of like used car salesmen. You know, that's one thing that I've learned being a retail of many years is that if you know how to sell, once you get some product knowledge, you can sell anything. But I never get the feeling that Joe is selling anybody. It's just not the impression that I get. There's some people that just go in there and wing it. You know, they don't, they don't do their homework. They're just, they're good enough, you know, with the gift of gab. They can go in there and make you feel important. Joe makes people feel important because of the fact that he has done his homework and says, you know what, we want you as part of our program and here's why. Here's what we like about you. And it's made a difference. Now, I don't know that we've got the star power in this state to have a you know, one of these knockdown, drag out classes where you look back and say, you know what, man, we, we absolutely slaughtered everybody else on the recruiting trail. I think I think we're gonna look back at this class and say, you know what? we were a little bit smarter than some other guys but we went out and got the guys that fit our system and fit our culture because our culture has changed a good bit we've always been good folks you know what I'm saying we know we've had some bad actors at times you know I'm not going to sit here and say we're immune from any of that because we're not but the bottom line is we have had uh, We, I give Dan Mullen a lot of credit and uh, we did not have a lot of disciplinary issues during the uh, the Dan Mullen era. We just, we didn't. You know, we'd have a guy every once in a while get a little too deep in a jug or get a speeding ticket or something like that and Dan may have to suspend the guy for a game or, or something to that effect. But we, we, we didn't have, you know, a lot of these issues that a lot of other people have to deal with. And, and all of that goes back to doing your due diligence as part of the recruiting process. There are some people that play such a place such a premium on winning that character becomes optional. That was never really the case. And that line of thinking really fits the Mississippi State culture. You know, we believe in second chances to a point. If we didn't, we wouldn't have brought Jeffrey Simmons in. And as I've shared on this show many times, Jeffrey Simmons was an exemplary student athlete at Mississippi State. Very, very happy for him, but I think there's a lot of credit that is owed to Dan Mullen, Scott Strickland, and Dr. Mark Keenum for sticking with Jeffrey Simmons. I can promise you, Jeffrey Simmons has not forgotten that. I can promise you, he is not. And so, when you begin to think about all those things, you know, as a composite, and you begin to think about this culture, of, you know, we're, we're good folks. We're going to support you. You know, we don't, you know, we don't expect you to come in here and go undefeated, but we expect you to be competitive. We expect you to go out there and win ball games. We expect to go to ball games. We expect to go to postseason. We expect to go to Omaha regularly. And, we're, and to be honest with you, for a while we didn't go regularly enough. 2000s a little bit lean. You know, we've been very patient with men's basketball, and listen, some of our folks hadn't been been patient at all. They've kind of moved on. But we are a fan base that supports our players. And you, can, you know, for, what other you know what other example do you need? of The fact that uh, we've got fans. On social media, providing updates of Peyton Plumley pitching against Jake Mangum in a single-a ball game on a Thursday night. We're crazy about our players. It's as simple as that. We are we are true maroon when it comes to our kids, and I think that is something that's very engaging. And so when you try to sell, you know, a student athlete and their families on Mississippi State, we can say, "Hey, listen, go look on Twitter anytime Jake Mangum or Elijah McNamee." Or Ethan Smalls playing a minor league game when you'll see our people are all engaged in it, and those guys aren't even at Mississippi State. Go look at how many Mitch Moreland jerseys you see out there, uh, walking around the state of Mississippi, because Mississippi State fans have adopted the Red Sox as one of their teams because Mitch Moreland is there, and Mitch is now back up and doing well with the Red Sox. They're not just people that are just passing through. They've become part of us. They've become part of our families. And so that is a big part of this thing, and my and, and I think Joe Moorhead gets it. I think Joe understands that. You know, this is not a football factory. It's not. And some people would argue that we are a baseball school. And uh, I I would probably agree to that because that's what I think collectively over you know the history of our our program that's been our most consistent winner has been baseball. But when I went to the uh, the extravaganza in Pearl and they ran across that group and you had Johnny Harris speak on behalf of Vic Schaefer and their women's basketball program, you know, when she spoke, I, d- I didn't see a coach. I-, I didn't see somebody that used to be at a and M. I I saw a Mississippi State coach. I saw a bulldog there. When Chris Simonis got up and spoke, I didn't it, – it, it didn't register with me that at one point in his life that uh, – he was at Indiana, and he was at Louisville, and he was at, uh, you know, the Citadel or wherever. And you know that that stuff just doesn't matter to me. We might have all gotten here in different ships, but we're in the same boat now. And now we're all rolling in the same direction. And uh, when things happen that negatively impact Mississippi State, that are not of our doing, it really upsets me. And uh, I'm going to get into that, but before I do. Let's uh, let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company for their uh, their sponsorship of the show. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Bulldog Burger Company. I was there. Brandon Walker and I had had dinner there a while back, a couple weeks ago. I'm in there pretty regularly. I've never had a bad experience at Bulldog Burger Company. The service is great. The people are great. The selection is great. And they keep it fresh. They move it around for you. They'll, they'll have some specials for you. Don't If you're a Bulldog Burger regular, don't be scared to go in there and say, hey, what's the special today? Because they may have something new you never tried. As I've shared with you guys many times, one of the great delicacies in life is a great restaurant-quality hamburger. You can get a hamburger almost anywhere. You can't get a great restaurant-quality hamburger anywhere in Well other than Bulldog Burger Company. So we encourage you, go find your own favorites. If you just want a straight-ahead burger, maybe maybe you just say, you know what, Steve, I just want to go in there and have a great experience. I don't want to experiment. I just want to go get a great quality hamburger. That's the Bulldog for you. Straight-ahead, to-the-point, Bulldog. But don't be afraid to walk on the wild side, man. Don't be afraid of the dark. A lot of cool things out there for you, the Pimentology, the Smokehouse, uh, the Mission. Enjoy that. You can have your burger on a regular bun, you can have a uh, gluten-free bun. You can have no bun. You can have your burger served on a bed of lettuce. You can have it your way, whatever you want to do. Remind you, Bullard Company, the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District, the place in rural people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm really upset today. Uh, about a couple of things. I mentioned to you that I've been sick most of the day, but I have uh, I have followed this stuff on social media very closely, and uh, this is going to be a somewhat controversial, and I want to go ahead and make sure that we address a couple things. Okay, so there will be some old Miss people. Anytime that I say anything that is critical of old Miss or critical of the fan base or the culture, that that I automatically think, well, he's just a guy that hates old Miss. So let me just explain to you. The things that I'm about to say are really more a reflection of of how I think some incidents, and they're not so isolated anymore, okay? And I'll probably get tweets and messages, and people will send emails to people and complain about me, all that kind of stuff, and that's okay. But I'm going to say what's on my heart today. But there's some of these incidents that have happened that because of the fact that we share a state with you guys, we kind of get stained with some of your iniquity. And here's the thing. And uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not. And and if and if you're not, you're blissfully unaware. But they had the incident that uh, that popped up recently. They hit social media on Thursday. Uh, the story with the uh, investigative journalism group out of Mississippi. Uh, and and I want to give them credit. So hang on just a second. Let me let me look it up for you. You can find this article on ProPublica. org. And uh, it's. Jerry Mitchell is the author of this piece for the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting. This posted at 1235 Central uh, on Thursday. But they found photos of some old Miss students posing with guns in front of a shot-up Emmett Till Memorial. And uh, I'm, I'm going to need a second here. Okay, so here's the first thing that I want to say. As a As a guy that was born and raised in Mississippi, that lives in Mississippi, that loves Mississippi... Uh, the entire Emmett Till tragedy is a stain on our state's history. It is one of the, one of the most horrific things that ever happened in the civil rights movement. And it happened in our state. And, and we later learn that uh, the whole thing was based on a falsehood. It was based on an outright lie. And this child was murdered horrifically and thrown into the river and they have elected to uh, to put up a marker to commemorate where he was fished out of the river and that sign has been routinely vandalized. And as much as I love Mississippi and as much as I love uh, many of the values that I was raised with, uh, I wish we could erase that mentality I do not understand for the life of me and listen and, and let me go ahead let me go ahead and say this some of the things that I'm going to say might hurt some people's feelings and if it makes you look at me differently if it makes you not want to support me or follow me then that is fine because I don't want your support because if you are a person that believes that it is okay to go vandalize that sign which is the least we can do the absolute least we can do. Then uh, we've got a problem. We're never going to see eye to eye. This and the sign hadn't been wasn't vandalized forty years ago. Incredibly, on what would have been the seventy-eighth birthday of Emmett Till, we have this thing that pops up. This report that pops up about these students, and uh, they're sitting there, two of them brandishing firearms, and it doesn't. We don't know if they shot up the sign. Don't know that. They may have just saw it as a photo opportunity, which that in and of itself is a little bit sickening too. And and I want to get a little deeper than that. Because again, this is not, you know, necessarily an old miss issue. Even though some will say because I'm the person that's pointing some of this out that I'm making it an old miss issue. There there are a lot of people that saw that post on Instagram that liked the picture. And there are people that commented on the post it's been removed now so you know we, we can't see the comments we can't see who all liked it i don't know but why did it take the mississippi institute for investigative journalism to make an issue of this why didn't somebody else why didn't somebody else who saw that picture say hey this is the wrong message guys this is wrong you should take this down and maybe people did. I, I I can't say for certain. But why would so many people like the picture? And why would so many people simply look the other way? That is the bigger issue here. That is not an Ole Miss issue. That is a Mississippi issue. The fact that something like that would be acceptable, that it, that it took a journalistic effort to get that picture removed. Why weren't the other people who viewed the picture, why, weren't, why didn't they shame that person and say, you know what, this is wrong. This is wrong. And that's one of the things, and, and there's some. I'm sure people, some people are going to tune out right now, well, I don't want to hear all these platitudes from Steve Robertson, and that's fine too. But I don't understand why we can look at this and just continue to turn a blind eye to it and say, well, you know, it's not us. We can't continue to be passive on these kind of things. And a lot of times, you know, listen, I'm a firm believer in live and let live, and I you know, I don't believe in making the whole world's problems my own. But here's what happens, and if you don't believe me, go look at all the comments on these articles that they've been shared. It's national news now. It's national news because of these three idiots. And there are a lot of people out there that don't know the difference between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So some of the people are, are basically attributing this conduct to Mississippi State. There are other people out there, basically, if you go read and say, well, this is why I'll never set foot in Mississippi. I'll never set foot in Mississippi, and here's the thing, too, two of the three gentlemen that have been, uh, gentlemen, uh, that's, that's the wrong word, Steve, two of these three idiots that have been identified, one is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, attended Episcopal down there in Baton Rouge, and another kid is from Memphis. So here's one of the things that I will share about that is if you are one of those people and those are the values that you hold dear is to go out and to intimidate and to bully and to stir up the old ghost of Mississippi, don't come here. Stay Stay where you are. Okay, we've got enough to deal with without a guy from Baton Rouge and a guy from Memphis coming in and causing trouble. And it's just like the, the deal with the James Merida statue, another stain on our state and all that stirred up again. And, that, and you know what? That wasn't some kid from Oxford that did it. It wasn't some kid from Tupelo or Bug Tussle or Possum Neck. It was a kid from Georgia. And so the bigger part of that is why do these people feel welcome here? Why, why is that sentiment welcome here because I, I I don't support those values I, I, I don't and I think it's high time that we call that stuff out I think we need to, in, instead of us tiptoeing around the issue I think we need to address it head-on this is an absolute embarrassment to our state and I and, and listen I, I don't know who's running the show at all miss anymore I, I don't I know I, I think all the hostages have been freed now you know Uh but this whole deal about you know, well, you know, it's not a university issue. Get yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is a university issue. It is a Mississippi issue, and I know that there are legalities involved in every bit of this. But people that bring shame on the institution and shame on the state of Mississippi, there has to be something more than a press release to deal with that, and say, well, you know what, they're you know, they're suspended from the fraternity house. I mean, come on. If we're going to have meaningful change in Mississippi, and we have had a ton of it, and I used to, I used to tell my wife, you know, I really feel like that our kids have a chance because in my generation, things were a lot better. You know, uh, my mom was in high school when they when they segregated, when when they pardon, they integrated the high schools. So that's we're one generation removed from that in in my life, and so I know in in my upbringing. You know, we all went to kindergarten together. We all went to grammar school together. We played ball together, and there wasn't all of this segregation in the state of Mississippi. Now, there were some people, of course, that segregated themselves, and you know, they they went went to private schools or whatever. But by and large, I felt like that we had made some progress as a people, and I really felt like I said, you know what? I think our kids will be the first generation of Mississippians that have a real chance—a real chance. Uh, to see more equality but that's not what we're seeing and it breaks my heart because these kids are from my kids generation these kids are out here taking this picture with this defaced sign of one of the worst incidents that's ever happened in our nation's history and we're celebrating that we're not they are they thought it was funny they thought that people would get a kick out of the picture and people will say, well, you know, they're part of this fraternity, and it all goes back to Robert E. Lee. Listen, you know, I think all of that is notable, but I think it's also an excuse. I think we've got to stop saying, hey, kids are being kids. This, not everybody's a good guy. You know, I made some mistakes when I was 19 years old, too, and I paid for them. I paid for them. But this is harmful to Mississippi State. This is harmful to the state of Mississippi. It is harmful to those of us that love Mississippi and for those of us that want to move past our embarrassing generations long ago. And uh, I thought about this today and uh, in, in my anger. And I remember Eudora Welty. And uh, I love Eudora Welty's writing and uh, probably need to read more of it. But she was interviewed one time. I don't remember who did the interview. And I remember this. Like it was yesterday, because what she said was so profound. The interviewer said, "You know, Miss Welty, you, uh, you know, it's interesting that the state of Mississippi has so many great writers, considering the state's high literacy rate." You know, and they the, the interviewer asked Miss Eudora, "Say, hey, well, how do you explain that? and you've got Tennessee Williams and William Faulkner and yourself, and Mississippi at that point led the nation in illiteracy." And miss wealthy sat back and she said well we had a lot of explaining to do and that's true and at this point I'm tired of having to explain for Mississippi I'm, I'm tired of having to explain when these incidents continue to happen in Mississippi and yes we can deflect and and that that's one of the things that's happening now many of our, our old miss neighbors are saying yeah you know these are out-of-state kids and, and listen There's some merit to some of that. But the question that I have is, why are those idiots, why are they coming here? Why are they being attracted here? The change has to come inside. You can't just say, well, all these people were, you know, it just happened to be by chance these people all got together. There's a comradinator in all of these incidences. And somebody shared with me today and, and listen, you can just go Google this yourself. And it's incident after incident after incident after incident after incident. You know, it's like something happens, uh, you know, five years ago, and we're like, hey, you know, we're trying to move on from, from our past. But, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things when, uh, and to quote another Mississippi writer in Requiem for a Nun, William Faulkner, he wrote, the past is never dead. It's not even passed and that's the misery of the whole thing for me is that just when you feel like that we are making some progress and we'll be able to put some of these things behind us here we are again having to deal with this and that our state is brought before the national spotlight and a negative light yet again and so I'm a firm believer in grassroots stuff. I'm a firm, I tell people all the time, I'm a live and let live guy. I really am. But I think one of the ways, that we, you know, we, we, we can start at home, okay? But I, I think we've got to be more vocal. And I don't mean to be confrontational. But I think the good people of Mississippi, and there are some good old Miss people too, okay? We can say what we want to about the egg bowl and all that sort of stuff. And listen, there. there's a lot of rotten old Miss people too. But there are some good old Miss people. I, I know uh, my wife's family. Just about everybody in that family is an Ole Miss rebel because their brother played at Ole Miss. Mississippi State didn't recruit him; Ole Miss recruited him. He went up there and played. He was an offensive lineman when Archie Manning was there. They're good people. You know, they are. You know, my children share their blood, and I know they're good people. And I know they're embarrassed by all of this. And so, in order for us to move past this, we as the good people of Mississippi. And the good descendants of Mississippi. We have got to be more vocal to show the better side of Mississippi. And we also have to influence on these other people. And again, I don't I don't you know, we I, I believe in being direct without being a jerk. But when when these pictures get posted, these people need to elect to block us because we're going to call them out on this and say, you know what, this is wrong. This is not the Mississippi we want to be. This is not who we are any longer. I'm guilty of it myself. There are a lot of times I just, I'll see something and I'll scroll past it, but I've been kind of convicted through all this today. I said, you know, the next time, it might, it might cost me a friend. It might cost me some criticism on social media, but if I see somebody doing this, I am not going to let it go unanswered because I love the state of Mississippi and I know in my lifetime that the 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 opinion of our state will likely never really change but I can do my part to show the better side of Mississippi one of the things that I have seen in recent days is a lot of Mississippi state people grieving with a lot of Ole Miss people over this alley Costial murder and uh, when all that first happened, the first thing that I thought about, and I'll try to get to this without being emotional, I thought about my own child, my own 20-year-old daughter, who's about to be 21. You know, you send your kid off to school, you expect to get them back. And it's heartbreaking to, to see what those people have gone through and to read the posts on social media from her friends and from her family. Uh, there have been a lot of people that have been uh, have kind of come together and grieved together and offered some semblance of support for people that, listen, come come, uh, come the Egg Bowl week, we're not going to be wanting to talk to one another. But that's the better part of Mississippi is that in tragedy, we can put those differences aside and say, you know what, I understand you're hurting. And and, and we're going to support you. You, know, you. You've got our thoughts and prayers for what that's worth. We understand, we empathize with what you're going through. Because I can tell you the last thing that we, you know, we would ever want is for one of our students. I, I remember when we had, it was a couple of years ago, uh, one of my interns, one of her good friends was uh, you know, shot and killed in the Cotton District. And uh, it rocked everybody in Starkville. And there were a lot of people then. You know, there were a lot of other fans of other schools that kind of reached out and said, hey, guys, listen, we get it. You know, sorry this happened in your community. We're a small college town, and Oxford is too. And so when something like that, when we have that brand of ugliness kind of seep into our community, it is a wake-up call for us because as a part of us, I think, we kind of feel like we're immune from those big city problems. We do. And, and we kind of lull ourselves into a false sense of security. And so when something like that happens, uh, it's good to see people of Mississippi come together. And there's some people, obviously, there's the, you know, there's there's that hardened, you know, 10% on each side that no matter what, you know, it, it's one thing to be good spirited about it. It's another thing to say, you know what? I don't care what happens over there. Well, I'm gonna tell you, when a college-aged girl gets killed, that should impact all of us. We should all feel that, because in the prime of her life, it's just really in the infancy of her adulthood, her life is taken. And, uh, and so it has really. this has been a, a very emotional few days for me, seeing all this kind of unfold, and I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of pressures on me right now to get finished with some other things uh, to kind of move forward and, and to get into football season. But I think when things like this happen, it reminds us what matters most. And I, I, listen, I'm a firm believer. I, I love having the golden egg here. I, I do. I think that's the highlight of the deal. And, uh, you know, I, I, I want to win that game every year, no matter where it's played. But I think we also have to understand we're partners in something bigger. And in many respects, we're partners in the reputation of our great state. And so while we'll get after one another on the uh, the fields of play, when it comes to these other issues, these, the ugliness, the things that impact the way people perceive the state of Mississippi, We've all got to work together to improve that. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't believe so. But my hope is that you'll join me because I'm not going to continue to let these things go. And, and you know, I, I, was, I don't follow college students on uh, Instagram other than our, some of our players. But I'm going to encourage you, when you see that sort of thing, and you can do it without being negative, you can just say, hey, listen, guys, I think this is the wrong idea. This is the wrong message. And they may not like it. But I think it's important, again, that the good people of Mississippi stand up for Mississippi. There are many things about our state that I love and there are many things about our state that I'd like to change. And the number one thing on that list is I wish we could just move beyond that because I think now it's pretty safe to say that my kids' generation no longer has the ability or the potential to live where everybody you're seen is seen as an equal. Maybe I was naive, you know, in my 20s when I became a parent. But in my 40s now, I think maybe I realize that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same around here. And uh, I I think in order for, for, for there to be real change, it's all got to start with us. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today, and I apologize for uh, for for preaching. We won't pass around the offering plate, and uh, you know we won't hum just as I am, or have an offering call or uh, altar call or anything like that. I just know that we're all connected, and when bad news happens involving Ole Miss, even though some of our people take some glee in that, it affects all of us from a recruiting standpoint, from a reputation standpoint anything that is bad for them is often bad for us it's one of the things to lose a recruit it's another thing to have something like this where Mississippi is put into the national news in a negative light again because there's so many people out there that want to be negative about Mississippi anyway and that they enjoy us being their whipping boy you know and I have so many people I've read no I've read so many comments today to the point that it makes me sick and they'll tell you I said you know what my kid will never go to Mississippi I will never visit Mississippi my kids will never consider going to school in Mississippi and that's that. that's the price we all pay it's because there may be some very talented students out there that come to our universities and, and make a difference and add to the experience of Mississippi State and Ole Miss and, and, and you know maybe somebody comes here and stays and, and and becomes governor or whatever and we're missing those opportunities and I hate to be so dramatic about it but I think it's that important I think anything that is bad for Mississippi is bad for Mississippi State, and I think that's the way we have to start looking at things. Folks, that's going to do it for today. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.